Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio. Uh, it's nice in here. It's been a while um, since we've been in. We just talk into these microphones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am joined by my good friend Michael, um, who I think is maybe in a little bit of a bad mood today. He, uh, I would say, looked at me before with a... Uh, Almost utter disgust. Is that fair to say, Jason? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that might be fair. There was a discussion about uh, long johns and underwear, and he disagreed with uh, with the strategy I took on, mm-hmm. on that. Um, and in, I think, did I mention Jason? Jason no, is yet. here as well, our new professor. Um, he's starting to get a little more seasoned. Starting um, to. Going to be a, almost a finals week, so we'll see how that goes. He has his lunch with him, which looks to be a bag of Doritos, um, some sort of, is that a salad? It is. It's very lettuce-heavy, once again, uh, taco salad. And then uh, string cheese. String cheese. And uh, Michael, did you eat lunch? I actually did, yeah. What did you have? I had leftover a uh, little thing of ribs. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Well, good. Uh, what are we here to record? <clears throat> is it an episode? Is it a winging it session? It is a winging it session, and we are going to be continuing in our Luther series. Um, those who are regular listeners might have realized we've done a few sessions on Martin Luther, um, and we're pretty much at the end of his life. I mean, we have to be that far, right? And so today, we will be talking about Martin Luther, and especially Henry VIII, Um but I think maybe Luther in England um, <clears throat> as well. And this will be session 55 of our series, which we hope you are enjoying. If this is the first one you listen to, because this is the first new content we've had out in a bit, um, go back and check out some of the others. You can pick and choose, see what topics uh, interest you. On our website, you can sort by episode or by winging it session. Um, we are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. I encourage you to go ahead and check that out at 1517.org. Um, Michael, I've gotten a number of books lately from 1517. Have you as well? Yes, I had. Uh, there was a devotional by Bo Geertz. Um, there are some other ones. Yeah, so we, we uh, need to look at those. Biography on Melanchthon. So I don't know if it's a biography, um, but uh, the title was How Melanchthon Helped Luther Discover the Gospel. Yeah, so we so. should... Um, if any of those uh, fit with what we're doing, we we'll, should work one in sometime. Uh, yeah, so Henry VIII, Luther, Luther in England. Um, I'll toss it out. Anything that comes to mind first for for you guys? Well, I there's maybe just let me mention three things, and then we can discuss them if we want to. Um, I've always thought this is an interesting. Uh, chance to think about like a counterfactual historically, like what happens if if England goes Lutheran, uh, the mm-hmm. Western world changes in I think very profound ways, maybe not always good ways, but uh, profound ways. Um, Henry VIII is just super interesting. Uh, my my second point, um, defender of the faith, precisely because he spoke against Luther, right in the Babylonian captivity mm-hmm. of, yep. of the church, and uh, but. Then the the politics behind all of this that, you know, there's a chance there that the Schmalkaldic League may have a, a an alliance with the English crowd. Henry flirts right. with them. So 
Um, and, and sometimes it's when we get so focused in on Luther, like when we're teaching the class or just as Lutheran pastors, we forget there's other stuff in the world going on that it's really, 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 really like famous. Henry VIII and his, he had a few wives, I think, um, but discovery of the new world. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot going on that we don't always appreciate. And in this particular situation, just the fact that Henry VIII and Luther went back and forth, you didn't, you didn't learn that in grade school history. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, there was a moment there, right. Where the, there's an English delegation that comes to uh, Wittenberg and there's also um, a German delegation that at one time goes to goes to London. Um, this could have been something. I mean, this yeah. really, really could they have been something. They tried to get uh, Melanchthon to go to England at one yeah. point. Yeah, and people die because of this. Yep. Right? <clears throat> yes. so yeah. Those are my three, like, the first thing that I think about when I think those about Those are good three, Day. and I think yeah. maybe we should, we should write that down so we follow that order. I just want to share, I've been really impressed with this. If you guys can hear this through the mic. Do you guys hear that? I do hear, hear that. that ice in there. Yeah. So I got this. Uh, um, I think it was one of the WLC gift things that you could use a credit for, and then then I had put it in my closet and I hadn't used it, but I've been using it lately. Guess how long ago I put the uh, the ice in this uh, water bottle thing flask? Thirty six hours. Four days ago. Whoa! And it was outside or inside? Ah, uh, it's been both. Oh, okay. It goes in my it goes in my bike. Because yeah. it's I, cold outside. Yeah, which is how the long johns came up because uh, I'm wearing, when I ride, uh, I wore four layers on top. Uh -huh. And then I've got three layers um, for the bottom. S south of the border. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what we mean by the border. Yeah. Which is a, a movable border at our age right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like one of those uh, borders that are disputed. <laughs> like it's not clear where the boundaries exactly <laughs> Disputed exactly boundary, <clears throat> but uh, I and just, once I, you give up the boundary, it's very hard to oh, yeah. to earn it back. And I yep. keep putting new water in here, thinking, and yeah, that's, that's the impressive thing. That's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Yep. So I would like to uh, congratulate whoever made this. Um, okay. Yeah. So Excellent. your three points again, if you can just briefly. Well, one is just how 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 close England went to being heavily influenced by by lutheranism mm -hmm. uh, more so than just theologically and through the book of common prayer by via herman von veed right we have to give him some credit here um uh the the politics of the schmalkaldic league and henry and then also henry and luther henry's a theologian i mean he wrote some stuff that people right away i was like no way allegedly he wrote that wrote. right yeah. allegedly um but at least i think he knew his stuff enough more than let's say the king of england today yeah <laughs> and um uh but was you got two big personalities here luther and and henry so i would say uh how close to uh <coughs> the, how uh, close england was to lutheranism that the personalities and theological writings of henry and luther but then also the political uh there was almost an alliance between the schmalkaldic and the yeah. english i think are the three points that i think yeah. about yeah i uh I hear the the king of England today knows nothing. I don't know. I've never. Isn't there not a king of England right now? Well, the, I, I was thinking Charles, the yeah. king in oh, waiting. Charles uh, wanted to change the title. Yeah. Right to Defender, Defender of Faith. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, yeah. Faith, maybe. like any faith. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
the concept of faith or something right. like that. Right. So, well, it sounds like he takes it seriously. Oh, yep, yeah. seriously. You know, yep, absolutely. So, if we can <clears throat> maybe uh, um, take the first part, um, how close England could have been to becoming Lutheran. Um, an article I'd really recommend, one of my favorite journal articles, and Riri does in later work, <clears throat> build out more on this. Um, but I sometimes use it with students. It's just an example of what a journal article should be. Would be by Alec Riri, R Y R I E, The Strange Death of Lutheran England. Just very well done, <laughs> very good. And he argues that it would have made a lot more sense for England to go Lutheran. Um, Lutheranism tended to be where you had a strong prince. Whereas the reform tended to be where you had more like city state or city council type government. Um, and Lutheranism, just maybe to that point in the glorious revolution when there's more parliamental uh, control of this thing, that that is one of the places we look historically as a win for right. individual freedom and religious liberty from our point of view. Yeah, And um, it makes sense that many in parliament would have been attracted to reform theology because that would have fit better. Um but Henry also wanted to retain a lot of the trappings of um, the Roman Catholic Church, although he has a weird <coughs> thing about idolatry. Um, and Lutheranism remained retained many of those things. Um, so there's a lot of reasons that it, it could have been a good fit, it, yet it's just not going to take um, Henry's reticence to get the Bible in English and have it readily available for people. It became a turnoff to those who were really pushing for... Um, Lutheranism in England and then also Henry was never that open to justification by grace through faith right um, if you look at the various articles that he has published under his rule um, works or at least room for works uh, stay in there um, and so Henry is largely going to want to have Catholicism without the Pope we'll see his son Edward will uh, his reign is largely handled by regents, um, but will lean more towards Zwingli in Zurich. If you're interested in that, I know someone who wrote a book um, about Edward's reign hmm. and religion, um, comparing it with uh, post-Luther Lutheranism. Hmm. Does it sound like an interesting book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it um, has a great title. It always reminds me of my friend who uh, who put a picture of himself on we really should put that back up. I don't know why you took that down. I didn't take it down. Or oh, the the Marauders. <laughs> oh, I took no, down a bunch is... of stuff because the Marauders got no, it. No, it was a long time before that that you took it down. I don't think I took it down. Well, we should redo that. So the title of the book is... The Devil Behind the Surplus. And uh, your friend, your dear friend, sometimes maybe your only friend in the world, mm -hmm. seems like definitely, sometimes. Definitely not this yeah. guy. Uh, <laughs> Tends to wear a surplus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, your friend took a picture of himself in his cassock and surplus. Surplus. And it's a. Uh, it is a um, frilly. Surplus. It's very. It's very nice. From Almy, and uh, put that uh, superimpose that on your 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 book title, your the book cover. Yes. <laughs> so then the joke is, is that your friend is the devil. Right. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. And the book was by me. If you guys haven't right. figured it out yet, so. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and so, um, Edward will want to go more, more Zwinglian, but Edward will die young. Mary, who is Catherine's daughter, is going to want to go back to Catholicism. Catherine uh, being Henry's first wife. Yes. There's, there's, there's a multiple Catherines. Yeah. Uh, Catherine of Aragon. 
Um, Mary will die, and then Elizabeth will live a long time, which is a really good thing to do as a monarch, and will stabilize things, and we'll have kind of the big tent Anglicanism uh, come into existence under her. Um, but So there's a lot of uh, reasons why Lutheranism could have been attractive uh, to Henry and to many in, in England, and it was to some early on, for instance, at the universities, um, but it's just never going to take root. And a big part of that is going to be because of this clash that takes place between Henry VIII and Luther. Um, I'll throw it to you guys in just a second to talk a little bit about um, Henry's assertio, um, as Mike referenced, kind of his reaction to the Babylonian captivity of the church and the defense of the sacramental system in Roman Catholicism. Um, Henry already kind of had the title Defender of the Church. Um, he wants Defensor Fidei, the title Defender of the Faith. He had already gotten the Golden Rose, which we'll pl we talked about in earlier episodes. Um, the Golden Rose is, plays in in Germany to kind of bribe Frederick the Wise and turning over Luther rose, and, yeah. and doesn't work. Um, Still but, enacted today. I mean, you can get pictures of the yeah. Benedict with the... Yeah. And so um, he... Uh, he writes, and Sir Thomas More perhaps helps him, especially with the latter part, um, the assertio, assertion, and uh, Luther does not take it well, and Luther just eviscerates Henry in reply. So Luther writes against Henry, king of England, um, which I was rereading. There's a, an English translation of it on uh, the Canterbury Project, and... Um, you know, Luther's talking to a king. Mm -hmm. And I believe, I'd have to look back, that Luther has this published without consulting his prince in, in Shepalatin. Um And so, uh, right, Luther's going to be forced to apologize later, but he kind of apologizes like we apologized as teenagers when our parents made us, but we weren't really <laughs> sorry. Right. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the um, what would be, just to give you a taste... Um, a man must be born a king or a fool. For what fool would, I, would even would say, I will prove that there are seven sacraments, but I will leave untouched the strongest argument of my adversary. Um, then he says, no one really believes the king wrote this, old, this book himself, but it's such a stupid book that I believe he did. Uh, he is going to just, um, there's going to be a, a lot of, a lot of insults. Um, he calls the king effeminately querulous, uh, querulous. You know, right? um, looking for a quarrel, I suppose. Uh, let me see. I, I highlighted a, quite a few. Um, there, there. He's putting on the pope, not the king. Uh, the king of England, this Henry, clearly lies, and with his lies, acts the part of a comic jester, rather than that of a king. Um, he has frivolous buffoon attacks. So fool, buffoon, buffoon, jester. Um, this is not going to sit well with Henry. Um, and, uh, and Luther's not going to really feel bad. And so when it comes time for Henry to ask for Wittenberg's opinion about getting a divorce, at which time some of the political rulers are kind of hoping, like, this is a chance to maybe 
have a Protestant Henry and, and, and more political stability, um, I mean, Luther's just going to say no, and that's kind of the end of any hope of these two reconciling. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two big personalities here. These are two guys that are going to suck all the air out of a room, right? And so, but but I think it's too easy of a thing to say, well, Lutheranism didn't take a hold in England because of this. This is part of it, right? right. But it's not the, that the only thing. The truth of the matter is that Anglican, what's going to become Anglicanism um, is is influenced by by the Lutheran Reformation and, and Zwingli and Calvin as well, of course. Um, but the 39 articles, um, you know, you, you can see parallels between the Lutheran confessions and 39 articles. We already mentioned Hermann von Wied, the uh, bishop in Cologne, I think, um, did some work with uh, with the liturgy that then influenced what we know as the Book of Common Prayer, which influenced every English uh, hymnal. I don't care if you're w w what denomination you are. So sometimes a lot still of, is in some ways. Yeah, and so a lot of things like the the Lutheran influence on Anglican worship then comes back through the English to influence. Lutherans in the English-speaking world. Um, yeah, I uh, the defender of the faith thing I think is is interesting. It's it's uh, which he will get that title because of this writing. right, yeah. and and it's it's uh, Henry. You know, is he really a, that concerned about the defender of the faith? No, because he's quick to leave the Roman Catholic Church. Right. Although I mean, he he seems to have been rather pious. I mean, pious for sure. Um, but once you start thinking about his his heir, right, he's going to not be so pious. Pi but to be pious, fair, we've, but pragmatic. Pragmatic. Right. But we've pragmatic looked at other about. monarchs, too, who uh, oh, sure. um, right, could have just had their mistresses. Yeah. No, Henry maybe had his mistresses, right. too. But, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't unheard of for a, a, a king or a prince to have marriage issues and to sure. seek to get and, and then there's monetary too, issues, too, because... One of the big things is when he declares, you know, we're not going to be under the papacy anymore. The funds stop flowing to Rome, mm -hmm. right? Which is practical because you got to run your own church. But that, that's that's a huge deal, yep. right? The money stays at the island, right? And I, there's it, it's very English too, right? Yep. Like we are we are European, but not quite continental, yeah, right? And so. There, there is something about the English. There is something. Right. That's that, why they that have different breakfasts. Yeah. There's English breakfast and continental breakfast. Right. Yeah. There you go. It it's seems true. like continental breakfast is really one out in American hotels. Oh, for sure. It's cheaper. Yeah. And not as gross. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I, I I've never had an English breakfast, but I think I would like aspects of it. Yeah. What, what, what if, we mean what by continental in, in, breakfast, we mean a cheap French breakfast. We don't mean like a, a German <laughs> breakfast. I don't know why they call it continental. Well, French versus first thing. But like the French are not going to have a whole lot of meats and cheeses <coughs> um, like you would in, in Germany, right? There right. would be a little bit Germans more. Germans have a nice breakfast. They have a nice yeah, breakfast. They're very good. Uh, the French are not big on breakfast, so your lighter pastries, which is what we mean by continental breakfast. What we mean by continental breakfast is... Holiday Some Inn. cheap stuff, Holiday Inn cheap stuff. But you know, the best thing about the Holiday Inns that most of them have is the, the cheesy eggs. Mm -hmm. I always feel terrible after them, but yeah. but they're good. Yeah. 
throw in a Danish there. We can talk about the Danes breakfast too if you really want to, but I think we should move on. Well, I'm trying to keep us on top. Yeah, I, I cut off Jason. So Jason, what do you have to say? No, I was just maybe to explore that idea of pragmatism a bit. I, I think that breakfast. yeah, yeah. I really want to talk more about breakfast, um, but no, the that um, it's all well and good, you know, to to be pious and it's all well and good maybe to have mistresses and some of Henry's later wives of course start out as mistresses um, but when you've just come from this long period of war uh, which you know Henry Henry's dad you know comes out on top and ends up uh, establishing this new dynasty and now you're struggling to secure that dynasty um, that that pragmatic issue takes you know a big big move to the to the forefront and i think um that rise of you know english nationalism in a sense under henry the seventh sets up you know these developments under his son henry the eighth you know as far as moving moving a uh, moving in a pro-england direction and this is the war of the roses war of the roses yeah that you know that that's going on there um and so you know setting up this or this big uh move pro-england you know which is not surprising then that that's carried forward it's, to me though you know when you look at english reformation it's just always kind of a little bit on the sad and disappointing side because i mean there's certainly a lot going on and and but that whole idea of you know, they're so close in so many ways of, you know, um, finding themselves in the, the Lutheran camp um, and and kind of like what, Mike, you were saying earlier with the, you know, the, oh, what, oh, what might have been then, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of frustrating that, you know, they get they they get down that road a ways a couple of times and then it and then it gets cut short. And then just that the whole bouncing back and forth. You know that must have been a, a a terrible, terrible time for them all around. You know, trying to figure out what's what. And it's and because you have a strong monarchy, it, it's always the monarchy versus the people. Yep. But and then religious, you know, pick a side, and it could be either side, right? You yeah. Know? And so it's it's never, never really, and I suppose it never is, but for for sure in England, it's never really a theological only only a theological issue. Right. right. And and this is part of what. <clears throat> People need to understand with the tutors too, the T U D O R S, not like people at a prep school who keep kids from holding hands. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just realized I have a lot of change in my. <laughs> you know, I have that change pocket in your jeans. So, um, <clears throat> but the huh. um, the tutors, one of the big things they're doing is centralizing power during this time. It is the emergence of um, the nation state. And so, um, all four uh, Tudor monarchs, Henry and Edward and, and Mary and, and Elizabeth, are not going to have a lot of time for what they consider to be insubordination. Um, and so even with religious policy, um, the people are just by nature going to develop this kind of accommodationist attitude <clears throat> where you're going to go with the flow, at least outwardly. But one of the really Engli interesting things in English historical studies is to try to look at to what degree did things actually trickle down to the people. So Peter Marshall and others look at wills, like mm. who's mentioned in the wills or the saints mentioned. Is anything you know um, in there for the chantries, for masses to be said? Um, to look at parish buildings, um, what furnishings leave, what come back, stuff like that. Um, 
but this uh, this is very much about the monarchy, and there's none of the four who have a religious policy that isn't at the same time wedded with monarchical policy. Um, Edward, where you have maybe the most democratization of religion to some extent at least, that's because it's regents ruling, because Edward is, is too young. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Henry VIII to be basically the pope of the English church, I mean, talk about centralizing power. Yeah, right. right. Um, and, and that's, of course, going to eventually, there's going to be a backlash against that, right? Eventually, I mean, there's going to be then the parliament versus versus the monarch yep. in, in subsequent generations, yeah. And the, I mean, the big thing that it's going to come down to, um, especially, is going to be um, the scriptures in their place and the translation of the scriptures. I mean, the, um, the real presence, that would have been attractive um, probably to Henry and to a num- number of English uh, Protestants who didn't want to go, you know, way far, the, the Zurich route, um, the, uh, the liturgy, um, which right with Cranmer, in many ways, we'll see a reflection of some of the, what you would have found in Wittenberg. Um, it's really going to be the role of the scriptures, to what extent are they definitive, and to what extent should they be in the people's hands. And it makes sense with a strong monarchy to be somewhat leery um, of everyone in their Bible, uh, because this can lead to ideas that lead to separatism, um, you know. Uh, and when you want to have a Church of England or a renewed Roman Catholicism, this becomes problematic. So it really, I mean, it does happen with Puritan the, the Puritans, right? Yeah. And so we'll wait. We'll have to wait for the Stuarts, right, to get the King James Bible, yep. right? That is the Stuarts. That's the Stuarts, yep. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really a contentious thing. That whole question of, you know, the the Bible in England during that time. Right. And, I mean, people are people are being put to death yep. because, you know, they have a copy of an English Bible. Yep. And or, you had this tradition or, of Lollardy or the Lollards, yep. as they were called, yep. you know, influenced by Tyndale and others who, um, you know, this is one of their big stresses, but they're, um, they're there, but they're not allowed to have much influence in the, right. in the English, uh, in the English church. Um, I did look up, gentlemen, and we have already said that we should go to um, the Three Lions pub together sometime. That was the one that I went to before I went to that presentation at the Missouri Synod Church mm-hmm. and a um, soccer pub. Yeah. And I would like to propose that at some point we go there for breakfast um, because they have, do have the option of a full English breakfast. Oh, wow. I would propose maybe not all three of us get it. <laughs> maybe we get other breakfasts too. Just in case. But we could get one that we divvy up. Yeah. It is a two eggs your way, two bangers, Ooh. Um, English bacon, which I believe is ham. Pretty close, I think, yep. Um, white pudding, baked beans, mm. sautéed mushrooms. I want nothing to do with the mushrooms. I, I do not like mushrooms. And grilled tomatoes. Mm. So we should maybe um, wow. think about doing the... Uh, that breakfast at some point. I really think of baked beans as a as a breakfast item, but I like baked beans any time of day. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a baked bean fan. They're good. The uh, Michael, you you mentioned the Schmalkaldic League. Uh, either you or Jason, why would the Schmalkaldic League care what's going on in England? I would say that <clears throat> they're 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 happy to. Uh, find any ally that they can, I think, in some ways. Um, and then just having this, uh, it, you know, it kind of, 
helps the the whole balance of power question in Europe, right? Where you have there are always these monarch monarchs that are that are willing to take up cause with others that maybe they had previously been at war with. But if you can, you know, you can get um, the king of England on your side, you know, and and the English on your side. Well, now you know that balances things out, and now you maybe bring a few others along with that too, uh, in some ways, and and uh, checks the power of some of the the Catholic monarchs and Catholic forces too. And but I think too, in some ways, they're they're happy. You know, any ally they can get, they're happy because you know, they're if if everybody, if all the the Catholic forces line up against them it's no no contest they're going to lose and this this puts a uh this puts protestants on the opposite side of Habsburg Habsburg territory as well so that uh charles v ideally can't focus too much you get a two central two front type of situation yeah yeah so if you start thinking about like counterfactuals although we should mention before we go the white horse in Mm -hmm. that's sort of a cool thing but um you know just the 30, what happens to... You mean the podcast, Michael? The White Horse Inn No, podcast. the actual White Horse Inn. Oh, that's named after something? Yeah. Well, what was that? Yeah. It was this tavern in London where apparently, we, we, I don't think there's like a lot of different historical... They didn't take minutes? No, nor is there like multiple historical uh, references to it. Um, but uh, they, uh, it was Little Germany... There was typically in a bar they would go and they would discuss these Lutheran Reformation ideas right under that sounds the like nose. A fun thing to do. Right under the nose of the monarchy. What do you think the the modern White Horse Inn would be? I wonder if it'd be uh, Benno's. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that. No, I, I would. There's they, some good Lutheran discussions at yeah, Benno's. I'm thinking more like it would be more. Benno's is a a bar in West Ellis yeah. that I that I like to frequent, and we sometimes have frequented I together. Think, I think the two times that I've been there now have there've been theological discussions of some sort in both of those conversations. But but I don't know if it, it rises to the level of like a you know an Irish bar where the IRA is plotting stuff or the White Horse oh, Inn, you know. I mean, we, what I'm saying is we'd have to do a little, some, some more substantial. I think we're not as important. Let's work on it. So, yeah. So accurate as far as theological discussions taking place, yeah. but not as... We who was there, counter, when were there, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. Um, but but pretty cool stuff. Uh, what was I talking about before you interrupted Small Caldic League and White Horse Hen. You were explaining what the White Horse Hen was. Yeah, but before that, I said before... I said, before we end, we should talk about the White Horse Inn, and then the, you're like, let's talk about the, the White Horse Inn. Kind of alter, alternate history, oh, or yeah. what if type of... Counterfactual. So, yeah, what happens, what happens to the Thirty Years' War if the, there's a balance of power that England is, is pulled in uh, in a uh, earlier and a more substantial level? Does, does Britain have um, the same imperial... Um, aspirations if they are influenced by by lutheranism right i mean mm-hmm. uh what what does what does uh the english language look like yep um what does the, what does it do to the culture there and largely the culture of the western world now right yep. um there's just uh there's what does the religious scene in america and some of the other colonies look like is there going to be such a thing as puritans will there even be in america yeah 
I mean, you're really starting Thanksgiving. to think. What's that? Well, would they probably wouldn't have been a Thanksgiving. <laughs> there probably wouldn't have been a Thanksgiving. Would the would the Lions have any nationally televised well, games? Well, I mean, then you would think like so. The, <laughs> if the Lions aren't embarrassed on Thanksgiving every year, maybe they turn around uh, their their franchise earlier mm-hmm. than that. I mean, you don't know. They could have a Super Bowl. You could. They could. We're talking. So I would say. Free agents. It might be more I would of say, a destination. I think America's still like in, East Lansing. America's going to still be America, but it's going to be different. Yep. And that changes everything, mm-hmm. including the Detroit Lions. I'm guessing they couldn't get. Well, they couldn't get any worse. <laughs> so they must have multiple Super Bowls then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, must mm-hmm. have. It's all Henry's fault, I think. It's an interesting. It is. Yep. Yep. I My, bet. I bet Mel Tucker still gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know who Mel Tucker is, Jason? He's going to know when we get a yes. Michigan State Minnesota trophy. Oh. Which is going to be a burning couch. Just threw a huge contract at him. Yeah. Oh. Michigan State football coach. Yes, right. Yep. I, I was going to say. The donors did. Yep. The um, Well, we should get wrapping up because I have to go teach Christ and culture. I have you know, to go teach too. Today. Stoicism, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, don't be pro. So, uh, you know, I have, I have Nicholas. Wade uh, Wade's son in uh, in uh, high school right now, and uh, my eldest son. Yeah, and my he, heir. He he. When I, I was I was talking uh, about stoicism, of course I then bashed it, um, and he perked up. He's like, hey. and I'm like, stoicism, stupid. And then he seemed to be disappointed. Well, good. <laughs> He's a smart man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot what of, do you think about all this, Jason? I'm just picturing that. Uh, what are you going to be talking about in your next class? Talking about the missionary m- movement in the 20th century church and a bit of sounds, ecumenism. Sounds boring. Probably is, yeah. Also going to touch on leftover from last class, a little bit on the... Uh, joint declaration on the doctrine of justification because I didn't quite get to that at the end of the last one. Nice. Uh, Show a little picture of the plaque from Augsburg. Ah. Uh, I think I think we saw that together at one did. point. Yes. Um, it, was, it was a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good. Well, I am going to suggest we kind of wrap it down here. And uh, we'll each go our own way. It was nice recording with you after a while, mm-hmm. brethren. We should uh, do this again for an episode sometime. Um, and uh, in the meanwhile, one of you is supposed to say something, and then I will uh, turn it off. Well, until then, hey, let the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round won't get me down.